Que ondas, primos y primas, and welcome back to My Primo's Podcast. My name is Freddy. With me tonight is My Primo and yours. Again, the man of many names, faces, and backwards hats. El Siete, El Chicume, ampersand. Walter, Walter, Ampersign today. Walter, well, say what's up, how, everybody. How would you say that in Spanish? In Spanish? I feel oh. like Ampersand comes from a language other than English, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's that Ampersando? I don't know. Um, sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you know what? There's it's no like, reason uh, not to. It's like I remember my mom. Actually, Ampersand is Ampersand in Spanish. Ampersand. Yeah, it's the same thing. I remember one time we were at 99 Ranch in, I forget, in LA, and we were at a, it's a Chinese store pretty much, right? Basically, and my mom was like, Como se dice a jojoling? And I'm like, a jonjoling. Or you would ask me, like, how do you say, Como se dice pepino? Cucumber. Cucumber. Wow. Well, Cucumber, thanks for joining us today. And of course, we have rounding out the trio mr kevin garcia.com say what's up mr kevin garcia yo uh, and i'm oh, back again have, back from do you, domain? do you have that domain yeah i do oh, yeah, all the other kevin garcias have to add something to their name i'm the only kevin garcia that can be just kevin garcia.com how right? everybody else how long ago did you jump on that to have it was a birthday present for myself i want to say i don't know 2000 ish around the time right before the, the remember y2k he took advantage yeah, it was a fire time. sale yeah. <laughs> but you no know, guys well thanks for joining us tonight we're gonna have some fun we're gonna try uh, our dip our toe into a different realm literally and figuratively and we'll talk about some fun stuff we took this weekend we're gonna talk about thor love and thunder so you want you guys to know that there is this Full of spoilers, everybody. We're not going to sugarcoat it. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And if you have not watched Thor, Love and Thunder, or don't, if you want to save yourself, skip this one. Come back to it once you've watched the movie. By this time, you've hopefully already watched it. And by all means, if you don't care, enjoy the show. We're going full Tom Holland in this one, man. We're going to go all the way in. Oh, wow. Oh, God. So... Let me just remind you guys that you can follow us at My Primos Podcast on social media. You can follow Kevin, of course, at Kevin Garcia com dot underscore com, com yeah. dot, dot com. com. And, com. Uh, I've seen you hello over there. Monomythic.com. Monomythic dot com. com. And guys, so remember to just show you that you guys uh spread the word. We want to hear from you. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We've been having fun doing this. So let's dive right in. What did Kevin, first of all, I'm gonna give it right to you. Mm-hmm. Where did you come from this weekend? What did you do? You posted about it online. Let's chat about it. Tell us about your weekend. Yeah, this weekend I was at the Greater Austin Comic Con, which is ironically not in Austin, but in Cedar Park, which is a suburb. So it's Greater Austin. Is and it turn- so is it turning like LA that people are is not now you have to say LA proper to Yeah. Yeah, I think Austin's getting, getting there. Is getting um, there. You call them bedroom communities, I guess, but there's a lot of towns. Like, for example, I used to teach in a town called Buda that for years was just a rural community. And now, like when I taught there, like half my students were like generational, like farmers and ranchers. And the other half were like the kids of like tech people and and, like hipsters and stuff. So Hmm. interesting. But tell us about your your visit this weekend. What did you get to do? So I was at Greater Austin Comic Con. I I hosted uh, six different panels. Uh, there, so I, I talked to a Dungeons and Dragons master who's been doing it for 45 years about the evolution of that game and about 
how it ties to Stranger Things and that kind of stuff. I I got to talk to the original voices of Bambi and Thumper, which I thought was amazing because that movie came out 80 years ago. Like literally, wow. it's the 80th anniversary, and they're still alive because they did their voice acting as children. And, and honestly, man, I went back to watch the movie again. Bambi still holds up. I feel like you could show Bambi to your little kids and they would totally get into it. Whereas like not all the Disney movies that era still hold up. Uh, the, uh, I also got to talk with a bunch of upcoming artists uh, that uh, like Nikki Ward, Ashley Cassidy, Julie Mann, Gabe Bush. And I got to talk with some established artists like uh, James O'Barr, the creator of The Crow, um, Carl Potts, who was a big Marvel editor, artist, and writer for many years, and uh, Brandon Peterson, who was like all over DC and Marvel. He did uh, Age of Ultron. He did a bunch of uh, uh, Flash oh, books. Cool. Yeah, he's, he's been everywhere. And uh, then I got to work with big voice actors uh, like the uh, Shigaraki and, and All for One, the bad guys of My Hero Academia. And of course, the big yep. one that my friends were like all over. Batman the Animated Series. I got to be on stage with Kevin Conroy, Batman himself. He is vengeance. That's so cool. Uh, Diane Pershing, who is Poison Ivy. And by the way, if you look up Diane Pershing on IMDb, if you watched any cartoon between like 1975 and 1995, she was in that cartoon. She was like wow. everybody. Uh, and then John Glover, who only did a couple cartoon voices. Like he just really just did the Riddler. But I knew him as Mr. Clamp, the sort of quasi-antagonist in Gremlins 2. Uh, he was in Scro Scrooge. He was in a uh, bit part, a cameo in Batman and Robin with Uma Thurman. Uh, he was, of course, Lionel Luther in Smallville. So he was cool hanging out with all those guys. Um, that was a blast. I was, I was a blast. I was, however, do, running around the entire do, time. Do you come people. home like just fucking spent? Like you just have no voice and no energy or I mean like what is the weekend what is Monday like for you after that? Well, before I can tell you Monday, I gotta tell you the, the actual weekend itself. And that is as a moderator, I always want to talk to everybody in advance if possible. So I'm running okay. around the entire convention looking for the artists, looking for the voice actors, looking for the guests, and I want to introduce myself, say, Hey, is there something that you want to talk about or something you want to do? I wanna make sure I get that, I want to make sure you know who I am doesn't always work. I, I got a hold of everybody but Kevin Conroy because he had a little bit of an accident at the beginning where he got, uh, we were worried he was injured, but it turned out he was okay. Um, okay. And then uh, and then I'm actually doing the show. And then after that, at some shows, I'm also doing like the voiceover stuff like, hey, Comic Con doers, you got to come down and check out the show, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, what, year, what year is it for, the, for this Comic Con? So this Comic Con is actually their third year, I believe. It would have been their fifth year, but, you know, quarantine. Are, are all of because well, that's one thing I've noticed out here. Like a lot of the cons are pretty recent, right? Like they uh, yes and no. Like um, one of my favorite cons in this area is uh, a staple, uh, and staple had been going on for I think over a decade. But um, you know because it's a much smaller con, that one is like basically it's a comic con with no no uh, movie celebrity guests. It's just about the artist. That's all it's about, and I love that's why I love it. But um, that's a smaller one, uh, so that one. We have to wait till they can come back after the. Yeah, I say the pandemic's over, but let's say we get a better handle on it. Um, and then the one that had been around for years was Wizard World Austin, and I got to say, I can say without reservation, everyone I know hated that. Like all the all the artists that live in this area said they don't care if they have to drive all the way to El Paso to go to Comic Con. They did not want to be at Wizard World Austin because they did not treat the artists well. They didn't treat the fans well. They didn't treat, um, from what so I've heard, this is known. Well. This is, this this is, is well, not all. Not only is it known, but they went out of business last year. Oh, okay. Altogether, like 
it was one of those things where like, I don't like talking bad about, about companies like, Hey, look, if they're struggling, I know privately they're doing bad, but I, but hopefully they'll get better. But no, these guys just ran themselves into the ground. And uh, give, give an example. The last year I went was 2019. I only went because I was invited. Otherwise I would not have gone. And it was a ghost town. Like there was almost no artist alley. There were no fans. Uh, if you wanted to see any celebrity, you had to have paid extra money for just that one celebrity or otherwise you weren't allowed to see them at all. It was, it was not fun. Um, yeah, but Greater Austin was good. And then coming up, I'll be doing uh, Comic Palooza in Houston, which by the time this airs, I'll have already done. So, yeah, Comic Palooza. And then you'll be heading to the big one, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, I was not going to go. That is a surprise to me. See, um, I, I've been going to com uh, San Diego Comic Con every other year because as a Marvel writer, I got professional badge for free. I still have to apply for it so other people could get it before me. But, but then I applied for it. And then, of course, quarantine happened, you know, pandemic happened. And, and this year I was just not going to go. And then I get an email from them saying, hey, your badge is ready. And I'm like, my badge is what now? I, did, I didn't order a badge. And they said, check again. I went to go check and it said ordered in 2019. So oh, apparently wow. they rolled over my 2020 wow. badge to this year. And I was like, well, I didn't make plans for it. I'm not going to go. I have nowhere to stay. And then Chispa Comics and the Master Public, uh, these uh, publishers and these IP owners that are really pushing Latino creators, I've been working with them on other projects and they were like, Hey, we have a place to stay. Why don't you come with us? So I'm like, well, now I don't have an excuse. Got a place to stay, got badge to get in. I just have to get a plane ticket to get over there. So I guess I'll be in San Diego in a few weeks. Cool, man. Well, Hey, I'm, I think when we come back, we'll have things to talk about. I'm sure tons of announcements. They always announce stuff out there and you know, especially like, what is it? Hall H you're not, you're not going to try to go in yeah, there. Are you? So H, every year I've gone, I have gone to Hall H, and that required staying overnight, right? Um, that means taking a sleeping bag and, and supplies and being prepared to sleep out on the pier outside the building. Did you, you know, do that? Yeah, I did that every time I went. This year, however, because I'm flying instead of driving like I usually do, I'm not going to have the room to have a sleeping bag. And also, honestly, I'm I'm probably going to be too busy working with, like I said, Chispa Comics and Mass Republic and other stuff to, to even spend an overnight that doing that. But I will say this much every year I went to San Diego Comic-Con, I said, this is going to be the last year I go because every year it got busier and busier and busier. So like the first year I went, I stayed overnight to do Hall H. It was fun. It was an adventure. But by the last year I went, which was 2018, I guess I don't remember right now. Um, by the last year I went, it's uh, it was so bad that every single thing had a line. There was a line overnight to see a Rick and Morty panel in a small room. There was a line overnight to see a new toy being revealed. There was a line overnight to, so everything had a line. The only reason that I was able to get into Hall H that year is because the person I was with broke her leg. And when I, we got there, they were like, hey, well, why don't you sign up for the ADA line? And we're like, can we do that? They're like, yeah, I mean, it's a real broken leg. Like, yeah, okay. So, and, and by the way, this was somebody who was uh, was actually ADA qualified who suggested that to us. And so we did. Okay. And and her leg was getting better. And people told me, uh, oh, dude, you should just lie every year and, and go into the ADA line. Well, first off, I would not do that because yeah. screw people, screw people would believe that. But second, the people in the ADA line would eat me alive, man. They were very, very careful to see who was cheating and who wasn't. When she got up to go to the restroom, one of the other people in line looks at me and goes, well, her leg's looking better. And I'm like, it is. You wow. should have seen it a couple of days. It is getting better. I agree with you. Damn. <laughs> you know? and, um, and, okay, there's this one lady. How called, convenient. Called, there's one lady known as the pin lady because she always has her walker covered in pins. And she just kept cutting in the line. <laughs> Hold on, stop. 
rewind yeah her walker is always covered in pins she's got a blanket on her walker and it's covered in uh, pins of different comic books and, and superheroes and whatever else all over her walker right i thought you were talking about hellraiser like pins like <laughs> no, no no not on her face like a like little like buttons, oh, okay. buttons all right okay. so anyway so so we're all in line we're in line overnight to go see the hall h and you see her just kind of casually like making her way through the line, like making friends and going through and making her way. And we're, in, and we're like watching her and watching her. And I'm not going to say anything because, look, I'm barely in here as it is. I am not going to say anything. Um, but then as the line starts to move, she claims that she's in front and people start getting pissed. And lady next to me, she is paralyzed from the nose down. And they're saying, look, you don't get in front of her. You were not here last night. You weren't here this entire time. And she's like, yes, I was. Don't you think I was? And I'm like, look, I'm with a paraplegic lady. I agree with her. Like, I'm not with her, like, together. But, like, I'm agreeing with her. She's right. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so uh, they, they very, very, very strict keeping, making sure people aren't going to lie to get in there. And, then, and that lady's not lying. She does need to be there. But it just wasn't, wasn't nice of her to cut in front of people. Um, point is, next time I go, I do not hope. I hope nobody I'm with is, is, has anything injured, but um, I wouldn't have the ability to go to that line. And if the lines coming up or anything like the lines the, that time, it would be ridiculous. So you I saw I saw stuff on the news about um, July Fourth weekend Anime Expo. It was yeah. so bad they had to like shut it down. Like they, yeah. they, they the it was too bad. To, yep. Yeah, they broke. But fire they're supposed codes. to make now a uh, next year. I believe they're going to do like an offshoot, like on the fall. So they're going to have Anime Expo proper, and then they're going to break it apart and say, okay, there's another one more on the artists. But will it like work? Like the, the indie artists, but in in the fall. Like I just did uh, San Diego uh, Comic-Con Special Edition in November because that was the first in-person one they had since quarantine. And it was it was nice. San Diego Comic-Con, on average, has 250,000 people in one building. And I don't know the official numbers, but just from being on the floor, it felt like it was... 25,000 people that day. And I was like, yeah. that's not bad at all. I'm like, I could actually walk to things. I could wait in the line that's no longer than 45 minutes. 250,000 people? Yeah, on a regular <laughs> basis. Is, it, is, yeah. is a San Diego Con, is it, is it picking up, getting more popular? Is it coming back? Oh, every every year it gets more popular. But you mean since quarantine? Or you mean like at all? I mean, just at all. Throughout okay, the so, so I don't know if it's the biggest like numbers, but it is definitely the biggest name. Of Comic Cons like in the a, United it's States, a, it's like Coachella, right? The people, some say like Coachella. Yeah, basically, it's it's like the Coachella of Comic Cons. I guess yeah, you say that because like, that's like the one where Marvel always makes the big announcements. Marvel's going to be there this year, yeah. I think. Uh, DC usually does, although I heard they're not going to be there this year. Um, uh, what was it? Legendary did all their big announcements there. So, like, I, I I was there when they announced Kong. Like, they didn't say it was Kong; it was just Skull Island, and I was like, I know what that is, <laughs> you know. And they they weren't officially calling it Kong yet, you know. And, no. uh, and uh, heck, I got to see some special stuff that never came out. Like, I got to see Edgar Wright's version of Iron of Ant-Man, where they played clips that he had done as, like, a little promo for the studio before he quit. Really? And so we got to see that. And because he quit Ant-Man, that promo clip is only ever going to have been seen by people who were at Comic-Con that year. Um, so, you know. That's cool. No, I mean that's cool. I think that I'm happy for you that you can get to go back and you know you, that's your element. You like being in the cons and the cosplay and the panels. So definitely keep an eye out online for that, and we'll bring back more stories here. Chikumi, what about you, man? What's up for you? What's been going on? Uh, kids. Nothing eventful. Work. Okay. What about kids, man? What about your kids? I heard your kids getting bigger and stronger. Uh, I just I forgot to do it last time. I just want to do a shout out to Chava. He's my baby boy. He started walking on Father's Day. 
Like, <laughs> okay. That motherfucker started walking on Father's Day, and uh, just about two days ago, he started making U turns, um, <laughs> <laughs> like walking and being able to, like, and then uh, just. I gave him another two weeks for him to start walking. Like you gave like, him, like you set yeah, him down I mean, and said, "If you I start like, walking." I was, I was telling my dad, "It's like he's probably in two weeks. He'll be like walking." Two days later, this motherfucker's like walking properly, and he's outside there, like pretty, you know, walking pretty decent. Okay, so congratulations to him. So, um, but besides that, no. And then, um, speaking of, we went to go watch Thor this weekend with the baby girl. Wait, and Thor came out this week. The uh, hell you say? Uh, <laughs> uh, right, Love and Thunder came out, so we went to go watch it with Itzel. Um, because we're we're trying to do a little bit because Itzel obviously she's she was a baby for you know for a year or so, and now she's not. She's two so years old, right? Your daughter? She's two and a half, getting going to three in August, and she gets really jealous of him. And we'll make it a point of taking her out by herself, just me, Mama, and her, and. We went to go watch Love and Thunder, which is her second movie, and she did really well. And she, like, it was perfect. It was a perfect movie for 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 her as a little kid, given that scene with the um, as as guardians, you know, kids. Um, we'll get into that, but uh, but yeah, it was nice. Mm -hmm. So good weekend. Cool. Kids. No man, my weekend was movie filled. Thor. Yeah. Black Phone. And I think that's what we're going to jump right into, guys. We're talking about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. And Kevin, before we begin, you have something to say? Uh, honestly, uh, I, I wanted to say something really quick about, about Phase 4. Because this okay, is something... Well, for the uninitiated, let's say oh, the Walters out there, yep. they walk I'm in right and go here. like, what is, what is this phase you're talking about? All right, so uh, Thor: Love and Thunder is what the twenty first, twenty second Marvel movie, right? I'd have to go back and count. So when, did, when, when, when did Phase? That's what I was going to get into. All right. Yeah. So, so what? What Kevin Feige has done is he's been referring Kevin Feige, the producer of Marvel, right? Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's been calling the movies Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three. So, like Phase One is like Iron Man through Avengers, right? The first Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. Phase two goes all the way up to Avengers Age of Ultron. Phase three goes up to um, up to all the way up to Endgame, actually, because like you might say up to Infinity War, but it really goes to Endgame. And then like um, and then phase four is everything. Well, actually, technically, phase three ended with uh, Far From Home. So technically after that, that one is kind of a, a ending to that. So everything after Far From Home. So like Black Widow. Shang-Chi, all the Disney Plus movies, all that stuff is considered to be phase four. And um, and, I, and I just, there's something I want to say about that that's been really, really getting to me is uh, first off, uh, there have been a lot of people saying that, and I, when I say people, I mean other podcasters, other TikTokers, other, other bloggers, they've been saying, why does phase four not have a, a distinct like path? Like, where are they going? They haven't explained it to us yet. Why is it not clear? And I'm like, do you, do you think the previous phases were clear? Like phase one, if you watched okay. Iron Man in the theater, the first time it came out at the end of the movie, Samuel Jackson walks up and goes, the yeah. Avengers initiative. And that told you as the audience, hey, all the next movies are yeah. going to lead to the Avengers. But other than that, you didn't know anything about it. You didn't know who the bad guy was going to be. You didn't know who the team was going to be necessarily, although it was announced at some point. Yeah. Um, you didn't know what phase one meant. We didn't know what anything meant at the time. It was brand new, right? Then phase two, like 
nothing in any of those movies led up to Age of Ultron. Like seriously, nothing. that, that nothing. wasn't that wasn't a thing. Like that was just they led to a movie, right? Um, yeah. There was no coordination. Um, and then phase three, well, you're like, oh, the Infinity Stones. Yeah, but most of the phase three coordination was, you remember those things you saw in phase one and two? They were actually Infinity Stones. So it's like, technically, phase three didn't have any coordination either. The only phase that has actually had coordination is four. Because every single property that has come out in four has had the same couple elements. And that is multiverse or multiple dimensions. And okay. you need to go to therapy. Like seriously, each of the every <laughs> property that has come out since Phase Four has started. Me all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, you, you took me. No, um, every property has had like like a what's it called the Moon Knight moment. They're like yeah. Well, well, look, he's Moon Knight is I know right. You're like wait, what did I do when I was asleep? No, so Moon Knight. He's, he's got DID, dissociative identity disorder, and mm -hmm. he is using a lot of terms that implies that Mark Spector has previously been diagnosed for this. Like, he doesn't actually say, I have been to therapy or I'm going to therapy, although there is talk of him previously having gone to a, a mental institution. Um, you know, the only bit of it we see is his nightmare version of it, which is like a ridiculous movie version of yeah. like what a hospital would look like in real life. In real life, they do not look like that anymore. That's ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but, it, but it has that. In WandaVision, she's dealing with loss and, and, and trauma and not knowing how to cope. And her, her way of coping is is yep. destroy an entire town. It's horrible. Um, and then Falcon Winter Soldier, that's the only one where they actually go to therapy. Um, but And Falcon Winter Soldier mm -hmm. is also the only one where they don't have dimensions or time travel or anything else mentioned. But most of the other ones do. You know, Shang-Chi has other dimensions. Miss Marvel has other dimensions and time um, travel. Uh, and so you know. There's multiverse, I guess, connecting all of this together. Yeah, to yeah. And, and, they, and they've already told us that the big multiverse villain is probably going to be Kang. You know, Kang, Conqueror. Yeah, he, a version of him, Immortus, showed up in Loki. Uh, we know he's going to show up in the Ant-Man movie next year. Um, he's probably going to be referenced, I won't be surprised, in the Marvels movie, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and so we already know where Phase 4 is headed. What we don't know is what Phase 4's last movie is going to be. All right. Mm. We have not been told. All we've been told is it probably won't be called Avengers. Doesn't that wouldn't that mean that what they said in terms of no direction is that what they Well, what what these guys want is they want to be spoon-fed the names of movies. They want to know exactly what the last movie is going to be. And for all the previous phases, we knew the last movie was going to be called Avengers something. And for this phase, I don't think it's going to be Avengers something. I mean, it might be Thunderbolts, it might be Dark Avengers, but it won't be Avengers, right? I'm hoping, yeah. I am hoping that that last movie is going to be Fantastic Four, but I don't know that for a fact, all right? Me, me I'm excited for Kang if we're going to go into like, to the geekdom a little more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Kang, when Kang came out for me, was very early, early, early junior high trading Avengers comics for the series that had Kang the Conqueror and the alternate US Agent, Thunderstrike, yeah. War Machine, right? those that those versions of the yeah. avengers fighting the, the avengers the off-brand avengers yeah the off-brand avengers fighting the avengers thor versus thunderstrike you know or, captain america versus u.s agent or um maybe hercules could be our counter thor you know ah, that's um, true. we already have a counter black widow we already have um, a uh, uh, who else we got here? We got a counter Captain America, definitely. We do. Um, yeah. We could have a counter Hawkeye if you want to count Taskmaster. Um, you know, we've got a lot of like ones that could be like an anti somebody already. 
Uh, heck, the the last uh, episode of Miss Marvel already introduced an anti Miss Marvel. So, so there's there's something there. If we get Kang, we have that the, the alternates. Like I'm I'm ready for that. Because when I heard Kang, I was like, oh shit, that rung a bell for me. Like oh, that alternate series was was awesome for me. And Kang was a whew, a badass as far as like bad guys go. And if we bring in Doom, <laughs> you know what's at really the end of this. Oof. You know what's really funny to me? You say Kang bringing in a a team. The, the team that Kang usually brings in to fight the Avengers is called the Legion of the Unliving. And basically he pulls out of the time stream villains that have already been killed or heroes that have been killed Ooh. and then make them fight the Avengers. So, yeah, think about it. We could get Tony Stark coming back. Right? That's what there you go. Yeah, think about it. But like, it would be cool if it did. It would be cool if it did. Well, think about it. In the very end, if we want, again, in that issue, that series, War Machine fought a version of Iron Man before there was a set where he was paralyzed and he couldn't, you know, so it was so, before that, so Tony came yeah, back. So. Like for the multiverse was, because for a second I thought it was like zombies, you know, because he took over. That's part of the multiverse. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, what what happened, supposedly there's been some zombie superheroes, whatever. Oh, oh yeah, dude, yeah. there's been like zombie. I mean, There is actually movies. a zombie superhero in Marvel. Wait, are you, Chikume, are you asking if there's a superhero that is a zombie? Well, because there is one. Okay, there you go. That's why I was like, okay, was that is, is this the zombie? <laughs> His name is the the zombie <laughs> and uh okay well anyways i just i remember the mo when i watched the multiverse the only complaint i had was that uh what's it called the fucking age of ultron what's the name of that fucking ultron right he looked like a uh, cyberman <laughs> they look like Cybermen and very like yeah, they, they were toned down Ultron. Yeah, so they were toned down. It's like the, the Ultraman in that movie looked more like the Ultron of the comics. So oh, okay. I was kind of like a, that. Like a, you didn't see much, but, it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It was like a so Phase film. Four has a plan. It's just right. that people want to be spoon fed. I'm okay with right. mystery. I'm okay with figuring out the clues and like we're talking now, like piecing them together. And then there's a second part of the Phase Four discussion that's really kind of getting to me. Uh, there's this image that's been going around. I think it came from IGN. And it's a list of like how many hours you'd have to watch for each phase. And for phase one, I say, where's that image here? They say uh, phase one has 12 hours, uh, 12.4. Phase two has 12.7. Phase three has 24.9. And then phase four has 49.5 hours. What? It's, a, it's crazy. Here's the thing. That's a lie. Uh, it's a lie because what they're only counting is what Kevin Feige has currently said is canon. But at the time phase one came out, that was pretty true. By the time phase two came out, that included all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one and two. It included all of the first seasons of Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and uh, what else? Iron Fist. Iron, no, Iron Fist wasn't in the Daredevil? first. Daredevil? Daredevil, Jessica Jones. There was another one that came out in that first season. It was um, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Jessica, Jessica Jones. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then and then then phase three technically would have had the others as well. Defenders, Punisher, Iron Fist. Yeah. But the thing is, and also don't don't forget in humans, everybody forgets that. I, I try to too. Uh, I mean, but, we, but, we saw it in we saw it in multi in uh, multiverse of madness, yeah. what happens to them, but exactly. Yeah. So so what I'm saying is is if you count the, the 22 episodes of Agents of Shield for season one, the 13 episodes of Daredevil season one, the 13 episodes of Jessica Jones, and so on. There were way more hours for season two and season three. It's just after the fight between Kevin Feige and, and Paul Mutter, the other producer who's no longer part of the MCU, um, they just said, you know what? We're probably not going to count those anymore. And I don't think they ever officially said they're not canon. Maybe they did. But basically, they're, 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 they're barely canon now. And you, know so, what, you know what's annoying, Kevin? So sorry to cut you off here at the yeah, end before, we yeah. make your, your, before, I, before I step on your point. Um, 
to kind of reiterate though, like why are people complaining about having more to watch? Yeah, seriously. Like, and, well, they're complaining, complaining about being required to watch. And I will say that's different than before because when Netflix and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans were out on, on you know streaming and TV, they all referenced the movies, but the movies never referenced them except for once. Uh, the only time they ever got referenced was, well, no, I take it back. There's a couple times. Uh, Age of Ultron, uh, Sam, oh, well, Sam, <laughs> Nick Fury. Nick Fury, Nick Fury. says... Uh, some friends of mine got this out of mothballs and he points to the helicarrier. And literally that was a plot point of a couple of his days of shield. Uh, and then in uh, Endgame, we see Jarvis, the person uh, with Howard Stark, the person, and that Jarvis is actually from the uh, agent Carter TV series. All right. So, so those are the only references we got. Whereas in the current phase, they're like tighter now. So now they can directly yeah. reference uh, what happened in New Jersey for for Multiverse of Madness, right? So, yeah. so yeah, I, I I don't know if it's fully required viewing, but it's especially with the Doctor Strange one, it, it pretty much is. Um, but like, it is definitely tighter now. But but my point is, those hours were always there. It's just the only thing that's changed is how we're defining the Agents of Shield, Agent Carter, and Humans, and all the Netflix shows. That's the only thing that's changed because originally those were all considered canon. Cause so. then you can even make the argument if you want to be an asshole about it in order to enjoy no way home, you have to watch the old Spider-Man movies or else you're not, you shouldn't even be watching this one. You know what? That's entirely accurate. No way home is the only one I enjoyed because I had already previously seen. <laughs> there you go. Right. Actually, exactly. You're the audience. Yeah. So basically what you're saying, Freddie, is that phase four began in 2002. I I'm down there it is, that. everybody. Yeah. There it is. There's the end of that argument. Well, let's talk about Thor, guys. Right. Let's talk about Thor. Since Thor, we talked about thunder. expansion, love and thunder. Great movie. So we're going to go right in. We're going to discuss this, the movie and then give us our opinions at the end. Uh, we're excited to kind of start this process for us. Something the primos really want to enjoy and share with everybody. So Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm going to start it off, guys. Initial thoughts. I enjoyed the movie. It's a great popcorn movie. It has a lot of fun. Fun for everybody. It's yep. not just a little kid's movie. It's not a dark, gritty movie. If it's right there for the family, popcorn, explosions, laughs. And it feels like a rom-com that everyone can enjoy. That's my initial thoughts of Thor. What do you say, uh, Chikume? I watched it with my baby girl, like I said earlier. And it was the second time for her at the movies. Like you said, we got a popcorn refill. It was that good. And then the little kids kind of playing a really important role were like at the very end. This is a two and a... She's about to be three. I'm kind of... Like, I'm looking at her fucking getting teary-eyed about how she's actually able to follow the arc of the movie. And at the very end, she claps for Thor. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, she can actually That's keep awesome. it. Like, when it. I was a little kid, I could, like, I'm re-watching Gargoyles. I don't remember any of our complex. Gargoyles is a deep show. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, Gargoyles it's, yeah, like, uh, it's like a Batman, Superman-type, like, detective and all this stuff and very complex storyline. I was like, I don't remember any of that when I was a little kid. But then, I don't know if it's a technology thing, but she, you could see her keeping up with every character. And I loved the... the women how how like the the very important role that women yes. play and it's like look at she's got a brown woman she's got this other woman and then it's like all three of them go go at it 
you know, and a, they, I got your back, I got your back or whatever. And it, 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 it pulled at my heartstrings. They're doing a pretty good fucking job with that. So I get Kevin, it. Kevin. Well, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Kevin, what about you? Uh, you know what? I've been seeing a lot of reviews that see this is a big failure or that uh, uh, Taika Waititi like had a misstep. I loved it. It was a fun movie. It was really good. Um, I, I don't know if I'd call it as good as Ragnarok because Ragnarok really blew me away. It, yeah. but that one had a few mistakes in it. I, mistakes, let me phrase that. Things that I would have done differently. And I feel like okay. this movie also had a few of those. Um, I would say it's a, I enjoyed it a little bit more than, than uh, Multiverse of Madness and I enjoyed Multiverse of Madness. Um, I'm not going to be mean to it. Um, I definitely like this film, you know? Um, and also, uh, I'm a big fan of like, random like uh call outs and easter eggs and stuff and there's a lot of that in this movie a lot more than i expected oh man i bet you ate it up oh yeah of course um <laughs> but uh but yeah I, I will say the story fell apart a few places for me um particularly the ending didn't feel as strong as i thought it would be but you know overall it was fun and that's what i signed up for yeah yeah it's, it's really a consensus i feel that we all kind of vibe on the energy of this movie it's fun like even at the beginning right going at the beginning when we see and why me and my wife are talking about it like this movie ushers in the new generation of kids that, or even fans that don't know phase one, right? The aforementioned yeah. phase one. Literally, it literally starts are, with them going, yeah. let me tell you about the Thor, the, the yeah. Thunder God. Like <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. And then and, and in the movie, we have several scenes starring the kids of Asgard. And these are all kids that were born after Iron Man came out, you know? Heck, I think most of them were born after the Avengers came out. So yeah. actually, I'm looking at their ages. Yeah. No, most of them were born after the Avengers came out. So yeah, this is definitely a movie for the next generation. Trivia too. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's son played little Thor running through the woods in that scene when he has the long hair. Trivia three. Most of the kids in the film were the kids of actors or producers. Wow. Which I think is pretty I mean, nuts. That's pretty it makes cool. sense though. <laughs> it does. I mean, like, look, if you're going to have a kid who's only going to have like one line. Yeah. Yeah, bring your kid in. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I like the idea, you know, Asgard. We're showing new Asgard. We show King Valkyrie. You know, we you show know, Thor yeah. with the Guardians. We like her, her scene with the whole ribbon cutting and all that. Oh, like, yeah, where we see her doing the actual, very, like, yeah. job stuff of being king. Mm -hmm. I, I liked it. I, I Honestly, part of me wanted a little bit more of that, but I'm glad they didn't do more of it. Like, part of me wanted to see more of her being maybe a better leader than Odin was, or maybe a more together leader than Thor could have been. But instead, we only get references. I mean, how, to how, it. Did it, how did they not do that enough? Well, because uh, in the first couple movies, we all had Asgard as ruled by Odin. Mm -hmm. And there was the implication of secrets, and there was the implication of fast wars, but he's made treaties, so there's no more current wars. And there's him getting angry at his son for not following his instructions for the army. And we don't get any of that from Valkyrie. But I'm also glad they didn't show that, because I feel like that would have it would have been a different kind of movie. You know, I'm, I'm glad I, I would have wanted to see more of King Valkyrie being King, but at the same time, not showing it meant we could get more to the fun of seeing King Valkyrie with a sword beating up giant monsters. So I'm like, no, well, I like King Valkyrie and I will kind of jump back and back and forth here in the beginning. Yeah, 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 and the of end. course, of course. Right. So at the beginning with guardians, we see Thor. Mm -hmm. Tell me that that opening, the opening with him sitting on that mountain meditating <laughs> And then jumping on a on 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 Stormbreaker like a broom and flying away like a wizard. <laughs> Man, I, I laughed out loud so many times during this. So movie. loud, that I was like, "Yes, like that was awesome." Like, does it make any sense? No. Do I care? No. Also, no. <laughs> it makes sense to the Harry Potter fans out there because it was oh, literally like, "No, I mean, it's Harry does Potter." It, does it make sense in universe? No. Oh no, he's thinking. It's like it set the tone for Thor. 
Is it the tone for Thor? Seriously. Thor, Thor actually explained it in the last movie, and he's explained it before. You know how Thor flies, right? Uh, he flies by spinning the hammer, throwing it, yeah. and holding on to the end of it. So he's not yeah. technically flying. If he changes direction midair, it's because he spins and changes direction. Well, apparently, Stormbreaker doesn't need to do that. <laughs> Stormbreaker, he just sit on. You're like, whatever. It's fun. Go Can we it. talk about the 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 relationship yeah. between yeah. Stormbreaker, Thor, and Molnir? That whole back and forth? Oh, look, look at a, him. It's like a horse, right? Like it has its own... I, I, it's, have, it's, I, I have my own Mjolnir here. Uh, he I does. It, I bring it out every so often when I'm giving talks or when I'm talking to my students, and they're like, are you worthy? Just I'm like, well, case. I have it, don't I? Um, and, and the <laughs> thing is, I love that in this movie, Mjolnir and especially Stormbreaker have personalities. I, I Somebody actually asked me, well, does Stormbreaker get jealous? And I go, yes. Yes, it does. It literally and it's does. great. <laughs> like, like, I've never had an inanimate object have this much emotion since Wilson. So, but, okay, like, I, don't, I don't even know how to say Mjolnir, whatever. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. It was left where, what's the name of the green lady? Hella. Hella. Hella breaks it, right? Yep. Okay, it falls there, it stays there. Like, why does Thor not, like... It, it, okay, so like, the implication is... It doesn't seem concerned, it's like it was trash. No, 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 I agree, I agree. But here's the thing. At that moment, Thor was like, Heartbroken, freaking out, didn't know what to do. Yeah. The implication is that he believed it was dead. All right. He believed it was broken and gone. And this has happened before in the comics, too, where, where Mjolnir has been broken and had to be repaired by the actual dwarves, like a tree from the uh, from the previous movie. Um, yeah. But um, but what Thor didn't realize is that it wasn't fully dead. And, and and I think that's fair given all the trauma that he went through one thing after another. Mm-hmm. Like, he found out he had a sister. He found out his dad was dying. He found his dad was dead. He found out his sister was evil. His sister killed his best friends. Thanos killed the rest of his friends. And then the universe got snapped and it was kind of sort of his fault, but not really. But he blamed himself. And the thing is, it makes sense that he wouldn't go back to it because as far as he's concerned, that is the symbol of his biggest failure. But as was we saw, intentional or just he's was well, he overwhelmed? Well, that's, well, that's what I'm, no, no. I think that was. I don't know if that was intentional from this movie, but I feel it's intentional from looking at Ragnarok and Endgame and uh, and actually no Infinity War and Endgame and this movie. All four of those movies show Thor going through so much trauma mm-hmm. and seeing that as his biggest failure. Now, Endgame did have that beautiful scene where he calls his hammer and goes, "I'm still worthy." So it, it still means something to him. But at the same time, he was trying to move on. All right, now, real quick, comic book lore. Um, in the comic books, the reason Jane got the hammer is because Thor became convinced, spoiler alert for a 10-year-old comic, uh, <gasps> became convinced, because it was a secret, it wasn't told for like several, like, a couple of years, uh, that Gore, what he had told Thor about the gods being failures who only care about themselves, was true. And he took that to so much heart that he no longer saw himself as worthy and he was not able to lift the hammer. Mm. But Jane, who still not only believed in herself, but also believed in Thor and, and their potential, she was able to lift it, all right? Um, I will say there is an addition to that in this movie that kind of bothers me. I mean, I kind of love it, but I also kind of hate it at the same time. And so we see okay. in the flashback scene where Jane and Thor had their breakup, right? We see before their breakup that Thor looks at his hammer, his favorite baby, and says, I love you. You know, I love you so much. But also protect Jane. And then you see that little thing come up because so those, Thor, are instru- yeah. so those are instructions at that point. Right? Yes. And, and, and I, I like it and don't like it. I like it because okay. it, 
it gives a reason for why the hammer would call out to Jane. In the comic books, it's not really clear why Jane was brought to the hammer. In fact, I think um, she's actually brought there by Thor's mom at one point, but it, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, because I mean, what you're from what I gather from what you're saying to me, it was like, okay, the hammer's following an instruction, right? But here's here's why that's a problem. Yeah, but it, then but then he tries to call the hammer, and it's like, well, if he gave gave him gave the hammer instructions, why wouldn't he the hammer obey well, that, him? That, that's easy. Yeah. If the hammer left Jane, she would die of cancer. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he told to keep her safe. Yeah. But here's the problem with that. The problem with that is, is she still worthy of being Thor? Like everybody cheered when Captain America lifted that hammer because, yeah, I knew he was worthy. I knew it. Okay, cool. Is Jane still worthy? And I've heard some people oh, say online that the instruction. Yeah, it's like so. If that's the case, then you're kind of diminishing her role as Thor. Yeah. You're saying she's only Thor because her boyfriend liked her, and that's not a good thing. But I've heard some fan theories online that I kind of agree with. And the fan theories are basically this Thor blessing was on top of the Odin blessing. All right. So the Odin blessing is still stronger and still there. She could it not lift it. Yeah. It doesn't what, supersede. Exactly. So that's why later in the movie, you what see do you more, blessing, like blessing. Like? Okay. So Odin's, Odin. ble Odin's blessing was only those who are worthy okay. can hold this. And if you hold this, you will have the power of Thor. All right. And the thing is, is that later in the movie, Thor grabs it and goes, okay, just checking. Still works. Because he's he still, still worthy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so we know that that worthiness is still there from that one scene, and then the addition to that is also protect Jane. So, like, if she wasn't worthy, maybe it'd be spinning around or trying to protect her, but she is worthy to hold it. So, so Thor's so, blessing is like an addendum to it. Yes, like it's pretty much an addition to it. Yes. Also protect her. And, and there's a little minor comic book thing that I kind of wanted them to reference in the movie, and I'm surprised they didn't, but it's super minor. Um, okay. whenever Thor refers to the hammer, he calls it an it. And a few other people call it a her. And he always calls it an it. And the thing is, the hammer is canonically a her. It is a, uh, it is the goddess of the storm, the great cosmic storm that existed before anything else in the universe is locked inside of this hammer. All right. So that didn't have to be given an origin in the movie, but I would have liked if he referred to it as her. I think that would have been at least a nice little nod. That's so probably. Jane lifting the hammer. So Jane lifting the hammer, getting the hammer back together. Which let's talk about how cool it is yeah. to have Mjolnir split into pieces yeah. and shoot back That's together. Entirely original to the movie. That's never been done in the comics. It is beautiful. I love it. That was so impressive. I was like, wow, that's dope. It, it, it's not taking anything away from Mjolnir. It, oh. it, it, it's, it leaves it unchanged. Yep. It's still so a shattered hammer. That a type of pottery that they put it in Japanese pottery. It breaks and they put it back together. And it makes it, I, I've it seen, cool. yeah, different cultures have pottery like that that has that yeah. shattered lines. It reminded it. me of that for some reason. I like that. I like that idea. But let's talk about the twist there, right? You would think Omonia is just curing her. Right yeah. with this cancer, okay. but as uh, we learn, it's not necessarily that. It's a crutch, I don't and think it's they... almost zapping her of her strength, which I didn't yeah, quite understand. Wasn't... As a like, hold on. So the hammer is keeping her upright. As soon as she lets it go, she's no longer Thor. I didn't like the explanation in the movie. Um, all right, so this is explained in the comic books better, and and honestly, it would have just been one line they had to add, and it would have been fixed. In the comics, it's explained that every time she lets go of the hammer and goes back to her doctor, all the chemo that's been in her body is gone. You know why? Because Asgardian magic automatically cures you of everything in you. Cancer Poison. is not a disease. Cancer is your body. 
So uh, it looks at the poison of the chemo and the poison of the radiation therapy, and it removes it from her body. Even so though the radiation is supposed to be killing the Yes, cancer. because the, the Asgardian magic doesn't care about that. Asgardian magic is just, if this is foreign to you, I will take it out. So, in fact, um, you mentioned Thunderstrike earlier. That happened a lot of times with Thunderstrike in the comics where he'd get the, the crap beat out of him, transform yeah. and transform back, and he'd be okay. You know, because yeah, true. I mean, if 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 she held on, if she held on to the hammer or was stayed yes, at so, Thor, so if she never let go of the hammer. Ever, yes, she would never die. Yes, if she never let go of the hammer, she'd be an immortal god like everybody else. But that would mean she'd be on duty twenty four seven. There's no sleeping. There's no resting. There's no anything else. You're always on duty, and so that's the curse of it in the comics. In the movie. They say something is killing her, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like the way they worded it because that implies that the hammer itself is doing it, and then the yeah. hammer isn't following its instructions. I, I choose to believe that it was the lack of chemo and the lack of radiation that was because the way I it. interpreted it, right? Sitting in the audience, listen yeah, to explanation. Yeah, yeah. The hammer exactly, yeah. Exactly is preventing says. the body from fighting. That it's almost like a. Like it a cortisone shot. Well, they didn't say that. The way they said it in the movie was something is actively hurting her, and I was like, "Well, no, didn't Thor say that it's a uh, sucking her life force or something?" Yes, like that? exactly. Which yeah. that implies the hammer's doing it, and I'm like, "I don't, I don't like that explanation. I don't like that at all." Yeah, yeah that's weird. I thought it was more like it was like a roadblock. It was like, the hammer was a uh, like a dam. That's what between. It's but if, yeah. if if the way that Thor in the movie said he, the hammer is sucking her life force out, wouldn't she eventually run out of it and then die? Even well, the, she... the, the implication uh, Chikome, is that it it only really affects her when she drops it, because when she's becoming mortal, she's becoming mortal. When she's holding it, she's a god. Yeah, but why would he say it's sucking the life force out of you? I think maybe Honestly, he's just trying to maybe affect. My, my explanation for that is, is this. In the comic oh, books... I'm to say, that's what I'm trying to say. Wait, wait. That. My explanation for this is this. In the comic books, Thor has a medical degree. <laughs> Thor is actually a doctor. In the movies, <laughs> Thor is not a doctor. Yeah, He's no. just <laughs> speaking out of his butt. <laughs> I just love how he has a degree, but I feel like for whatever reason, they've made Thor... And this is the thing. I'm talking about Thor himbo. overall in the movie. He's a himbo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a himbo, right? But they've made him like progressively... like. I feel this is the thing. Up to a point in this movie, Thor feels like he he actually grows up a little more. Like oh, he's yeah. always grown up. He was a party boy, right, all mm -hmm. the way until he went through all in, these in the different tasks. Yeah, all the way, right. And here we are. He himbo in the first movie too. He said some stupid. One hundred percent, dude. He's gorgeous. Look at him. So <laughs> no, I mean he was also stupid and pretty. Not true. Just pretty. But what I'm getting at is when he gets here, he's with the guardians talking about how growth, personal, you know, his personal growth and being being a hero, helping people. Like I love him in the guardians, which gives that tease. Okay, we're gonna see something, you know, a hope. I got a question about those guardians. What about him? How'd you guys feel about the fact that the ending of Endgame was Thor is going to team up with the Guardians and then literally take yeah. care of the first 15 minutes? Yeah, that's um, when I that's why I went in. I was trying to as soon as Endgame, right? I, I rewatched it again, and then I was okay. What's next? Oh, Ragnarok. I went to go watch that, but then I don't know. I just felt like that's it. Like okay, nothing happened. What? You want to? We wanted space adventures. We wanted to see yeah. him in space doing stuff. 
I, I did, I'm not gonna lie, I did too. I wanted more Guardians. Like I, I'm, I'm happy with the story we got. It might have been too complicated to have the Guardians in there, but I, I would have wanted the Guardians. Because Guardians, they're coming back with. Yeah, the, yeah, they're getting another movie. Yeah, the Christmas but, special too. But, apparently, but, oh yeah, but. the Christmas special. Uh, but there's another thing that 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 occurs to me is the same thing happened with Ragnarok, uh, because there was a, a Thor cameo at the end of Doctor Strange, and that implied to me as a viewer. Oh, Doctor Strange is going to be a big part of Ragnarok, and instead he's in five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and I, I think like- that we 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 forget, right? Like you talk about, we're used to being fed these things that everything leads to something else, leads to something else, and so we we have to kind of distance ourselves a little bit from that mind because it's not going to be that easy anymore. You're not going to be spoon fed things. You're going to get thrown red herrings. You're going to get thrown ideas that somebody else had that this director didn't want to didn't want. You know, I think that that's going to happen, especially exactly moving forward. Yeah. And so we look at this story, right? We move forward in the story. We meet Jane again. We have new Asgard. You see the kids. We move forward in the story. We see the goats you were talking about. Those, those wild goats, which I really <laughs> Very excited I love. Um, and we get to gore. Let's talk about gore. I want to talk about Christian Bale and gore. I got thoughts. I got thoughts. And I think Chikuma this, had thoughts too. Yes. This character, my initial impression, man, I, I enjoyed Christian Bale acting yeah like just pouring he, himself into this he, character and chew the screen and this was the right role for him to chew he didn't need to come in a big buff uh monstrous looking guy this this just yeah, performance this, 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 of, his, of his body and his, his emotion i didn't need it you know it was great you, you guys have seen the pictures of what gore looks like in the comics yeah, right? Yeah. right now yeah. so so what are your thoughts on the fact that he doesn't look like the combo character well, and the, he doesn't look fragile. I'll just say that, like, okay, the, okay, or like that's. I mean, he, he he's a, he's intimidating without having to be physically intimidating. That's the difference between because it's like morose looking character, but I like the Christian Bale version because the the torture he went through because it kind of drags throughout. The swords killing him. He's he's sickly yet dangerous. Okay, so, so I kind of fed into that image. But then. Who who decides who decides for it to look like that? And okay, not, so you know, he, so really, there was a quote from Taika Waititi where he said, "If we cut off his nose, he's going to look like Voldemort." And uh, yeah, he's not wrong. But also, I, I'm not going to lie, man. As much as the story of Gore the God Butcher is a beautiful story, it's not a good design for a character. Like, look, he's got these two Twi'lek things from like Star Star Wars, right? Yeah, he's got no nose in really some of the in some of the drawings. Yeah. Some of the drawings, he has a little nose. Um, and the thing is, is that, like, it, it's just not intimidating. It's not sympathetic. It's silly. It looks like if you made Jar Jar a Sith Lord, you know? It doesn't wow. look good, right? <laughs> so when they changed him, they actually based him on an entirely different Marvel character uh, called the Imperator from the Empirical, who's a, who's a bad guy from Doctor Strange. And he's literally this guy with white skin and these stripes that go down his mm-hmm. eyes whose whole thing is, I want to destroy all magic. So mm. very similar character. Um, and, and honestly, it's a better visual. Like, is it a very creative visual, just putting white paint on a guy's face? No. Mm-hmm. But it looks more intimidating. It looks better. And the fact that that he so could really, Christian Bale could ham it up and be like, ah, it was like, it was so much better. I loved it. I love the fact, I, so I not felt for, second, for him. For a second, I thought I, it was, because you have actors like Christian Bale that carry a lot of weight, right? They, they can suggest or 
kind of I don't know. It seems like it seems like um it's like when the, when they talk about um when Tom Cruise came into the mummy, he literally made rewrote the yeah supposedly okay. they re, like when such a big star comes into uh, you know mm, uh, okay what you're saying brand you're worried about a character like a pro, an actor like yeah, that coming say, in i want people to see my face story. people must yeah, see my face like which that? is which i heard like for the mummy as soon as he came in he was like well i want a sh i want a shitload of screen time so yeah. then you know some so, so for a second i thought that but apparently i got a counterpoint for you i got a counterpoint for you thor the dark world Thor: The Dark World. They hired Christopher Eccleston, one of the one of the freaking doctors from Doctor Who, and they hired him to play a character who, in the comic books, is like evil Loki. Like even when Loki was already yeah. evil, this guy was evil Loki. Like this guy is Loki dialed up to eleven. He is physically powerful enough to be a challenge to Thor, but mentally powerful enough to be a challenge to the entire Marvel universe. And they took that character, and they put him under so much makeup. That you can't see his face. And this is a character who in the comics you can see his face, you know, whatever. And then had him speaking a language that nobody on earth could speak, so we could never understand him. And then put so much voice modulation under it that you can't even hear the actor's voice. Yeah. I am so glad they let Christian Bale be Christian Bale. I this wish I think I wish Eccleson got that same uh, privilege. Gore was a great great villain. And the, the movie doesn't waste time. That's as soon true. as you get to New Asgard, you already know, hey. Gore the Butcher's out there killing killing gods, and everybody knows about it. Like, I mean, it pushes the story forward too quick because I think that they were running out of goofy. Let me ask that question. And they felt like, let's get serious, you know? Did, did they push it too quick? So, like, let me give you the example of Gore's origin, right? We see Gore in the desert. He's dying. He's got his little daughter there. She's dead. And then he sees the god. And then when you first see the god, it's entirely a joke. Now, I am okay with the god seeing Gore as a joke. That's the point, right? Uh -huh. But the god himself shouldn't be a joke. Like, he, yeah, he was like an idiot. Yeah, why couldn't you have the god be like, "I am above your kind. You are nothing to me, you insect. Your job is to die." Instead, it was, "I'm above your kind, and I'm just here to drink." And I'm like, well, "True." What was that? What <laughs> was that? that was but didn't you get the same vibe from? Let's talk about it. Feels like. Don't you get the same energy and vibe though from Zeus? We're talking yeah, about but, Zeus. But when... That's okay in Zeus. I'm saying for that scene, it yeah, didn't yeah. work. And then there's a lot of scenes throughout the movie where Christian Bale is giving his all. And then Thor or somebody else reacting to him is like, hey, this is funny. And I'm like, in Guardians of the Galaxy, people, I've heard a lot of people say they don't like Guardians of the Galaxy because they'll say a sad thing and then make a joke out of it. But honestly, that, that by the way, that's called uh, bathos. And that's where you take something emotional and then change the, the emotion of it in the, in the very following scene. And the thing is, is that I think the bathos of Guardians of the Galaxy works really well. Like when people are joking about a sad thing, it's because they're trying to cover up how sad they are. When they are joking about a scary thing, it's because they're trying to hide how scared they are. Cool. And it's funny for the audience, but it's also part of the character growth. And in this movie, I don't think that applied. I think in this movie, jokes were just like, this will be a funny thing if we do it. And it really wasn't a thought put into, is it appropriate to be funny at this moment? Because you can 100%. Be funny in a sad scene. You can 100% be funny in a scary scene. I don't think they really did that well in this movie, and that's the that's the one big fault I have. Like like Multiverse of Madness had a similar problem where I felt like the emotions didn't fully land for me, and I think that's where you just said a minute ago, Freddie, where you said did they move too fast through it? I think it felt fast because they didn't give any emotional resonance to those emotional scenes. You know how quickly the, the, did how quickly. 
did they have Jane and Thor just okay? Here we yeah. are again. Yeah. It's like, like okay, like, like, we're okay. Here I am without the mask, and I put it back on. Yeah, again. it's like whoa, yeah. wow, that's fast. And then we move into just all right. Here we go. Let's go on the adventure. We're like, holding hands already. Let's hurry up and get back to it. And then we get to Gore, and Gore's like, like kind of like, what the fuck? And like these gods aren't doing shit for you. They took the kids. I get it. Motivation. He's smart. He needs this, right? We move the story. So now King Valkyrie, we have the gang all together. We have Jane, Thor, and we're going to ride the space. The, what is it? The space sled. Space sled. All the, the way. Goat. I love it. That would actually the be space sled and the goats. But that was awesome. Let's bring up God City. You mentioned Zeus, right? Yeah. God City. Um, how did you guys feel about that? Like there were gods all over the place. It was cool getting all these little references. We got to see an Aztec god. We got to see mm -hmm. a, a Maya god. We got to see uh, Aori gods, which I, I heard a lot of. Uh, fans from uh, New Zealand were super happy to a see the dumpling god. The <laughs> dumpling god, yes. Uh, um, but, reminds, what's it called? That American uh, gods? What's it called? That series? yeah, yeah, yeah. A little American bit of that. gods, yeah. Yeah, that, that Neil Gaiman stuff. Neil Gaiman. Everything yeah. just jumped together, and I like it. That's from the comics as well. Uh, my only, my only real gripe with that, and this is a minor also, one. Also, Crow. I didn't like his performance as Zeus. Okay, I'll be real with you. I see that. Go, go, I didn't go. enjoy tell it. Me, tell me why? I didn't enjoy it. The accent felt too forced. Almost, yeah, forced. Forced yeah. and I get it, Zeus. Yeah, like almost like, borderline you're not, offensive. Like, like you're not even Greek, but you feel offended. Let me, let, me this, though. let me say this though: if Thor is already kind of, I, I don't, I, I, not, not ridiculous, but not not serious at all, really. If Thor is already not so serious, at least the Thor that they painted mm -hmm. for me, it feels like it feels like okay, but even okay. More Compare well, Zeus to Odin. Exactly. Right? That's the comparison right yeah, there. Exactly. Zeus, I, would, I would have expected Zeus to be like a Odin instead of, you know, yeah, like and, Odin and I'm, character. I'm okay with Zeus being a bit goofy, but like every single one of the gods there was down for an orgy. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, okay. This is like, okay. Orgy, like, I, I'll give you one example. It almost of, feels like Taika is just putting in what he, his, like, his lifestyle like, into the movie. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. In that scene, was a god that both the actor herself and the fans believe was Bast from Black Panther. Now, that's never mm -hmm. been officially confirmed by Kevin Feige or Taika Waititi, but the actor said, hey, I put on my IMDb, I was Bast. Here's the problem. That means that when we eventually see Bast interact with the new Black Panther, whoever that's going to be, we're going to remember that she had signed up for an orgy. You know, and it's like... Yeah. I don't need that. And you know what story. it did though? It also for story for story purposes, it it fed into Gore is right. Yeah. Well, no, that's good. Which that's that's what I was gonna say was my problem with that scene. Mm -hmm. My problem with that scene was not actually Russell Crowe, but I totally agree with everything you said about it. My problem with that scene was that everybody kept saying over and over again, "We're safe here. We're safe here. We're safe here." And come on, you guys know storytelling. What does that mean supposed to happen? If I want to see Gore just rip them apart. Like yeah. he didn't he didn't have to successfully kill everybody. But just enough to put a little fear of human in the gods, right? Yeah, fear, I like that fear of humans. I like that. that. Um, yeah. like, so, can I make, I make an observation about the like with uh, Zeus? Like every time that they would pan at him, like the girls looked way too young, and I'm like, they look oh, like way too like, Zeus. We're that, talking that about. Was, this is like, Zeus. This is Zeus. That's why the orgy yeah. thing makes sense for Zeus, man. This is Zeus we're talking about. 
That's so, all he did was sleep around with young, like, like young all, girls. And... All the gods from all the European religions slept around a lot, but nobody was more famous about that than Zeus himself. Hence Hercules and, and all these other I'm kids. Always, and I'm always like getting kind of getting into politics and stuff, but then it feels like millionaires and how they're fucking, you know, considered. I mean, yeah, you can like, you can draw a line however you want it. I mean, the, uh, they don't care about their constituents. They don't care about their worshipers, yeah, so, you know? By the way, a little fun name drop. I wrote mm -hmm. the profiles for a lot of those gods in the Marvel Marvel comics. KevinGarcia.com, everybody. <laughs> no, so like uh, Dionysus was there and like Zeus says a joke and Dionysus goes, good one, dad. You know, I wrote his profile. <laughs> and uh, Quetzalcoatl, I wrote his profile, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So but we go there. We see Zeus turn him down. Mm -hmm. The team's immediately like, oh, well, we're going to take that Thunderbolt. So let oh, me ask way, you about that. I don't like that Thunderbolt was called Thunderbolt because that's fine. It's called that. But like, I kind of wish they used the Greek name. Like, I, I don't know how it would be said in Greek, but... It, Feels weird that we I just feel it. like I, I feel like it was a literal thunderbolt. That's yeah, so that was weird. fun. I like that. I mean, is it stupid? Yes, but I love it. I but love. But how can like someone just fun. take Zeus's yeah. weapon? Like it's like like Thor's hammer. Well, okay. So in the legend, in the mythology, Zeus's hammer, Zeus's thunderbolt was built for him, just like Thor's hammer was built for him. So technically, it is a weapon that could be it used is, by others. Okay. So okay. so it is an actual thing in mythology that that his weapon was built for him. I would have thought uh, okay. it would be like a a, a ball of energy, you know, right? But but no, it was physically built. Like somebody yeah. physically built his, his thunderbolt, so he's got okay. it. So, so I mean, okay, so fine. This is a physical thing they can. So they steal it. We get naked, Chris Hemworth. We get butt. We got Hulk and, buttons, and like no rock. Yep, we got. Hey, Hulk that's butt. true. Somebody yeah. was saying this is the first uh, Marvel movie with nudity. We got nope. Hulk butt and Ragnarok. I agree. With Hulk you. butt and Ragnarok. CGI don't nudity, that. still nudity, man. Still nudity, um, everybody. I, I do love that the Celestials showed up there. Because, true. Uh, you know, Eternals is not a great movie, but like I feel like they've been better represented in this movie and in Guardians, uh, the Galaxy. Than oh the yeah, they so how how does the whole d that dimension work? That okay? That so, like a, so let's talk the about that. Are, the gods are at, but then they don't. I don't. So let's talk about that because that works in Marvel. All right. So in, in the comic books, we have our dimension, straightforward. Yeah. And you have other tangential dimensions like Asgard. Asgard's got this whole thing. Like in the movies, they kind of imply that you could fly to parts of Asgard in space. But no, my it's son was telling me he's like, "Isn't can't you get to Asgard from Earth?" And I was like, "I think so." Yeah, well, not officially. Like, like um, when uh, Nedvalir is, is referenced, uh, and and that's where Itri builds uh, Stormbreaker. Um, uh, Rocket says, "Oh, I've always heard of this place. I've always wanted to go." And I think it's fully believable that this dimension where this exists has been heard of throughout the galaxy but he couldn't find it because it wasn't actually in the galaxy. So they had to go get to where it was. But anyway, um, the thing is though, is that that's that dimension. And then we have this other plane where the where Omnipotent City is. Uh, Omni, Omni, what do they call it? Omnipotent, Omnipotent City? Thank you, Omnipotent yeah. City. Uh, the same thing I said, it's different pronunciation. Omnipotent. Right. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Omnipotent City, uh, that's where that mm -hmm. is. And Tomato by the way, smile. that's here. And there's also a similar hell version of Omnipotent City where all the hell lords get together and debate things. And by the way, awesome. <laughs> you, you know how in Omnipotent City, they had the big thing where Zeus is kind of in charge. Everybody's like, go Zeus, yeah. go Zeus. Well, mm -hmm. for the Hell Lords, there's a big chair. No one's allowed to sit in it because they're all fighting over who should. And I uh, love that idea. I love that idea. That's a cool anyway, idea. All right. So there's that. But then there's another layer above them. All right. This layer is outside the bounds of reality, but still encompassing reality. It is both of those things at once. And that is called the dimension of manifestations. And that's where the climax of the movie takes place because that's where they're trying to get to 
where the real eternity is. Like they, they find the statues and stuff. That's probably on the same level as Omnipotent City. But like the actual place where it, where eternity is sitting there floating and is sitting in his little lotus position, that yeah. is the dimension of manifestations. Eternity, that big guy made out of stars, they keep trying to talk to, they act like he's a one wish granting genie or something. Mm -hmm. He is not that. Um, I will say though, my explanation for why they say that is in the comics, there is an item called the heart of eternity, which if you get to is more powerful than the infinity gauntlet. Because, um, you know, they showed those gods that were there around the corner, uh, the statues of the gods rather, the ones that were there by, by eternity. All yeah. of those gods are at a level where they could potentially challenge the gauntlet. Now, somebody who uses it correctly, like Thanos, could defeat them, but they could potentially challenge the gauntlet. But with the heart of, the, of eternity, even those gods would have no chance of challenging you. So, so, so whatever realm or parallel, whatever uh, Zeus realm is, is safe to say. Yeah, yeah, it's like realm. The whole that didn't affect them. Like, okay, so so let's say you get to the heart of eternity in the comic books, right? If you get to the heart of eternity, and the only one who's ever done it in the comics is Thanos, because of course, um, if you get to the heart of eternity, uh, then you can rewrite all of reality. You could decide that the gods all think they love you now, and now all the gods are like, "I love Thanos. He's great." You could decide yeah, the gods. You could decide the gods never existed. Reality stone. So no, no. See, so the reality stone, it affects reality to your perception. All right. So if you, you hold see that, things a certain way. No, 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 no. Experience them a certain way. No, no, it's more than that. Like, let me ask you this question, Chikume, Where are you sitting right now? You're in your house. You're in your city. You're in your chair. You're in your earth. That's your perception. So everything that you're aware of, you can alter with the reality stone. If you have the infinity gauntlet, you are now aware of everything in the universe all at once, everything that's ever been, everything that ever will be. So now you can affect more of reality. Mm -hmm. If you have the heart of eternity, okay. you can affect multiple versions of reality. Uh, okay. So, so the reality stone, like really <laughs> powerful, but like, if I don't know what you're thinking, I can't change what you're thinking with the reality stone. If I don't know you're hiding behind that rock, I can't change you behind that rock, you know? Um, and uh, in the comics, by the way, there's another item that's even lower than the reality stone, but still super powerful called the cosmic cube. And that is a limited form of omnipotence where you can only have omnipotence in like a range kind of thing. Anyway, moving on. So that dimension of manifestations where eternity is, eternity is itself everything that is in the universe. Everything that exists is eternity. And that is him. And I don't, I, I do like that he didn't talk because he rarely chooses who he talks to. I didn't like that whole interaction. And hmm. why? Can, can I talk about the ending for it a second? It looked beautiful though. Oh, wait, it was visually beautiful. Are we going to skip ahead? I mean, we can skip ahead to the yeah, ending. We'll we're, we're close. We'll come back. Um, so the ending of the movie, just flat out, how do we stop this guy who can kill all the gods? How do we stop him now that he's got a thing more powerful than Infinity Gauntlet? The power of love. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Okay. What? So Hold on. I, I, I don't, well, I, 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 let me explain this. Let me explain this. I don't okay, like go. that okay. literally seeing Thor mm -hmm. say, I can, I'm not going to bother defeating you. I'd rather spend my last moments with Jane is the thing that made him go, oh, love exists. I'm going to bring my daughter back to life. Uh, See, no, I think it was more like a god cared about a human when I, Gore never saw that. I agree. But the thing is, he has seen that. Because Sif went to go defend people. Thor True. went to go defend people. He has seen gods go save their children and save other people's children who weren't their children. He has seen it with his own eyes. So that's not enough. 
So if I could for a minute, I, I don't like getting into the whole what if I wrote the movie kind of thing, but I'm going to do it for just a few seconds. Hey, Kevin, what if you wrote the movie? I would do this one change, all right? Okay. This one change would not change the runtime of the movie. All it means is hiring one more actor to do one more voice. Everything's the same. Thor tells Gore, I'm not going to spend my last moments fighting you. I'm going to go to Jane and I'm going to be with her. Okay. Gore looks at him disgusted. He's like, you are just a, a fake, a phony, doesn't even care. Mm -hmm. He turns to Eternity and says, I want all the gods to die. And then Eternity picks him up, looks at him and says, does that include you, little god? And he would say, I'm not a god. I'm nothing like these people. And Eternity would say, you have had the power to choose whether the gods live or die. You have been above them for years. You are a god. Is that what your mm -hmm. heart truly desires? Do you want vengeance that would kill them all? And he would say, look down at, the, at, at Jane and Thor and say, no, I want her to live. I want her to have the life that God has denied her. And then eternity could say, so be it. And then you have him laying on the ground and the little girl walking up to him. Everything else is the same, the end of the movie. That one little bit would make that thing make sense. Why did he change his mind? There. And, and, and by having him say, I want her to live, you can give the audience a little hint that, oh, maybe he wants Jane to live. No, no, he didn't give a shit about Jane. He wants, oh, I just cussed on your podcast. I never did that. Um, uh -oh. He wants his girl to live. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, but Thor gave him that idea pretty much. Right? Like you had. He didn't mention the daughter. He just said, I want to spend my time with Jane. Like the, he, Thor, No, he insinuated, Thor, though. He, he did say it. Bring he her said, back. you have the power to bring her back. He didn't mean Thor's daughter. He didn't mean Gore's daughter. He, he, well, okay, maybe he meant Gore's daughter, but he was looking at Jane when he said it. And come on, Gore's, Thor's a himbo. I don't think Thor really meant that. Hey, even a broken clock is right <laughs> twice a day. Okay, so they, they give give Thor that one. Okay, no, didn't he so he, say didn't he literally kind of say, "Hey, like you have the power to bring her back, and you're gonna go waste a waste a wish or whatever, uh, you know, magical dragon, whatever, uh, on <laughs> killing dragon, you know, on killing gods, you know, like instead of bringing her." It's back. a waste. It's a waste. I agree. Um, I think that way, you know what Marvel at KevinGarcia.com, by the way, so you can you know start doing movies for you guys. That's a great, I think, a great fucking scene if you would have wrote it. Uh, um, but we get to Gore, we get to that scene with the kids. I did. I had a moment of like, like, hold on, he can just give out his power willingly to the kids. This has this has this has public precedence. So then I was I was wondering about where where you said that he gave instructions to the hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then now she has powers through him and through being worthy. So then uh, Thor then gives the kids power. And how does that work? Like right. each one of them has a little. Thor I can explain. And, I can explain this. Know? All right, I can explain this. So there's two things. Number one, yes, Thor as a god. He's not just a really strong guy who can punch things and call lightning, mm -hmm. he's an actual god. He can bestow his power in whatever sense he wants to give. All right. Um, I love that he says temporarily. I love that yeah. uh, before recruiting the literal child soldiers to go fight monsters. What the hell? Uh, but great but, scene. Here's the thing. You remember when he took Jane's hammer? Or sorry, the hammer he told her to protect Jane. And when he goes to the kids and says, "I bless you," you know yeah. what he's doing is this. He is creating hammer bearers, and this is something that actually happened in the comics as well. Um, you mentioned earlier Thunderstrike. Those of you guys who don't know, Thunderstrike was originally a normal human being who was given the power of Thor. Literally, a blue-collar working man became a god, uh, and it was it was something that never happened in the comics before, really. And that he's not the only one. 
There's also Beta Ray Bill. There's also, to a certain level, Storm. There's certainly Jane later on. But the most interesting one to me, and I, I wrote about him for Marvel, is Thunderstrike's son. So Eric Masterson had a son named Kevin Masterson. And when Kevin was little, he was scared. And Thor went to go meet him. And Kevin had a little toy hammer. And Thor said, you were very brave when that supervillain attacked. And I know that you are a true hero. And he touched his hammer to Kevin's little toy hammer. And he said, Kevin, you are a true hammer bearer. And when he said that, there was a glow. And then mm -hmm. about you know, 15, 20 issues later, Kevin is in a situation where he's in trouble. His dad is nowhere nearby. Thor is nowhere nearby. And he's holding a toy hammer, a different toy hammer even. And he starts saying, I wish Thor was here to help. And that hammer glows. And literally Thor, somewhere else in the galaxy goes, a hammer bearer needs me. And he rushes back. So just by saying, I believe in you, little kid, he gave that kid the power to summon Thor. All right. Dope. Now, now that little kid now is a teenager and he is now the new Thunderstrike. So he's replaced his dad yeah. because, spoiler alert for a 25-year-old story, a 30-year-old story, uh, er Eric died very, very tragically. Yeah. Um, and so Kevin is now the new Thunderstrike. But the point is, Thor had previously done that in the comics where he gave a little kid the power to summon Thor. In this case, he's giving the kids the power of Thor, but it's the same thing. And so I thought it was a great team. Does, does that stupid question maybe uh does that make him weaker if he kind of gives so that's i like that you said that another combo geeky thing shazam all right so captain marvel it used to be the name of him now he's called shazam yeah. technically whenever his family gets a power it is dividing his power now admittedly his power is the strength of superman so <laughs> dividing superman's power too you're still freaking superman you're who's fine gonna yeah who's gonna know the difference but thor is not like that he is not dividing his power. He is bestowing a blessing upon somebody. So they are now equally Thor as he is Thor. Uh, oh, it is not. Yeah, so, yes. Oh, okay. So each of those little kids, for the duration of that one battle, uh -huh. was full powered Thor. You know, that's why, because otherwise you're like, why Thor? Why are you putting okay. little kids in danger? But like, they were already bulletproof. There was no other way to bring mm -hmm. other gods in. He gave them all equally his full power. So they would be able to survive. You know, even the kids that were not inherently Asgardian were now as gods for the duration of that battle. You know, only thing that could kill them is actually that bad why guy himself. That, why didn't he do that for Endgame and just you know, a bunch of? I know that's the argument, like, but okay. you know what? They didn't think about it. So <laughs> okay, you could make that argument. I agree, but remember again the nature of godhood. Right? What is it about? It is about prayer. It is about blessing. It is about religion and faith. Everybody in Endgame, they had faith in themselves. They did not need additional faith. All right. So, yeah, if Thor had thought about it, he could have given everybody the power of Thor, but there is no reason to in his godly mind. Okay, Whereas so all of these little kids, is, they is, needed faith. So the power is the power of Thor the same as the hammer where you have to be worthy to receive no, it? No, that's not the same. Not the same. So he's blessing power, you. He's, he literally uh -huh. gave them his power. Like, just oh, okay. you have so it right it now. Be, you know, but the blessing is... worthy person and... Yes, exactly. And Which is one thing I like... And I don't want to ignore it before we move on here, because then we're going to get close to to the end here of the ending. We'll talk about that is the split when they hit the shadow realm or the shadow world. Mm -hmm. The the change from the colorful rainbow we just came yeah, from yeah. into this black and white noir, yeah, semi horrorish. I liked it a oh, yeah, lot. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. 
I, I mean, they did a little gorgeous. silly. They did a silly bit with the the planet being too small, but eh, that's fine. It was I still mean, fun. Yeah, Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but or the Little Prince for those literate. Oh, I love Little Prince reference. Prince. Everybody else been making Rick and Morty references. I love the Look, Little Prince reference. Little Prince, and so uh, the dark, the shadow. I loved it. I love that switch to black and white because we were getting. Dude, rainbows and unicorns vibes and, and like heavy metal. Like, I mean, Especially it's everything. The last, movie, the last movie was all bright colors, and this movie was like, we're taking away your colors. And when I you switch it. to black and white, the fight between Gore and the three, they couldn't even hang with him. You know, like, I love that scene. I love the, the visual choice there. I, I love the darkness. I love how the black and white were. were this is the white for bright, the black for dark. I love it. Why were all the shadows like. Uh, just like spiders. And okay, like, I there's an explanation for that in the movie and outside the movie. Outside the movie, Taika Waititi and, and the production team apparently went to the, all the little kid actors and said, "Draw your scariest monsters." That's what I was, and, and that's what they were, which I think kid. is beautiful. Uh -huh. But in the movie, uh, Gore the God Butcher is summoning the shadows to attack. Now, in the comics, uh, the Shadow Realm was a real thing. It's been around since the 50s. And, and it, it actually is like literally just shadows that come to life. They could be anything that could shape change whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the recent comics, they've revealed that the Shadow Realm is actually connected to Venom and the symbiotes. And that yeah. that voice that was in Gore's head saying, pick up the sword. Yeah, that was wasn't the, the god of the symbiotes. Yeah, the sword. All gods. Yeah, the sword was created by the symbiote god. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, there's the whole Marvel deal with Sony, and Sony technically owns Venom, and eh, let's just not worry about it. Um, that's not that important. But, but but the fact that they're all, like, the fact that it looked like a creepy little spider cage, that's honestly a nice touch. Like, is it okay. silly? A little bit. But I think it but works really well. kids are afraid of yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. And the one thing we ignored, but we all should talk about, is why, if they spent the money on it, why do I only get three Guns N' Roses songs played over <laughs> and over again? Give me something else. It can't just be Paradise City and Welcome to the Jungle. There has not, to be not, something not, else. Not, not every soundtrack can be Guardians of the Galaxy. So I suppose that. Hey, hey, there's one Dude. other there's one other shadow thing I want to say real quick because uh, it just occurred to me while you were saying that. Uh, technically, we're jumping around back and forth, but when we first saw the godly, the, sorry, the cosmic deity uh, temple being built, like it was yeah. forming in the shadows, um, we saw you know once it was fully built, you could see Watu the Watcher, you could see uh, Eon, who is the guy that created the original quantum bands and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Like that. Uh, but I swear when it was forming, I think I saw Galactus. Like I saw the helmet building and right when they were about to get to what the face would look like, the camera cut away. And I'm like, I think that was Galactus. A lot of people are saying that, man. I can't I, say I, I, I saw it. it. But here's the thing. Galactus is on that level. Galactus is on that level of, of Watu the Watcher and all those guys. He's not as powerful as Eternity, of course. Like I've heard a lot of people saying everybody in that layer is the same level. They're not the same level, but they're all more powerful than the gods of Omnipotent City. So Galactus is on that level. So honestly, I even if it's just a little Easter egg, maybe I imagined it, but like... I It'd like be it. cool. I mean, so I, I, I would love to have Surfer, 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 Surfer come up. You're talking about that scene where they were leaving Omnip Omnipotent City? When they first got to the location where they were trying to find Gore and where the little kids were and, and the Thor empowered them. Yep. Right? Yep. So, so I thought that, this, that, that was... No, the statue that fell was huh? the uh, was the uh, celestial god. Yeah. That is the one above all of the celestials, the, the strongest of all celestials. Mm -hmm. uh, he is the one that gives all the celestials their commands, basically. Uh, and that was his statue that fell. But what I'm saying is, we only see seven statues there. For all we know, there's a dozen uh -huh. statues. There could be 30 statues. And what I'm saying is, I think one of the statues forming was Galactus's helmet. 
and it was all in shadow and we didn't see the face like we saw and right when it got to about here it cut away to somebody else and if it had kept going it could have been it could have been eternity it could have been the celestial but no i i think it was galactus you know i'm i'll take it i'll take it i don't care if it's true or not. i can't say i don't i don't think i saw him there why is it that Stormbreaker can get there? Like, okay, so they said in the previous movie, or in Endgame, really, that uh, Stormbreaker, no, in Endgame, uh, Infinity War, that Stormbreaker is made with bits of the Rainbow Road, all right? So because of that, that that, that road that, that they call down that lets them go anywhere in the universe, mm-hmm. it is inside of Stormbreaker, and so it can do that. So it's not that literally Stormbreaker was the key to eternity, it's that that ability for gods to go between dimensions is the key to eternity. And for the Asgardians, it was that rainbow road. The Bifrost. Yeah, Bifrost. Yeah, maybe maybe the other gods have their own version of it that would have been the same key. I'm sure that there's not only one key and only the Asgardians have access to it. That'd be ridiculous. But what I'm saying is, that's what that is. What's interesting to me is in the comic books, Mjolnir can do that too. In the comic books, Mjolnir can cross dimensions and, and it could cross time, but eventually uh, Kang, uh, Immortus actually put a put see odin's not the only one who could do it immortus kang put a thing on mjolnir that stopped it from being able to cross through time so because so, you were talking about how mjolnir uh it, it derives its power from what from uh the ancient storm, the storm from before the beginning and of then time. that's different than stormbreaker yeah like, stormbreaker in the comics doesn't look like that it's a different stormbreaker uh but it, the basic thing is the same it was built in the modern era as a, I don't want to say substitute, but let's say addendum to Mjolnir. So it has essentially the powers of Mjolnir, but it doesn't have the same blessings. So anybody can lift Stormbreaker. That doesn't mean anybody can access the powers, but anybody can lift it. Thor even said to the Guardians of the Galaxy, if any of you tried to hold Stormbreaker, it would be so powerful it would blow your minds. So in other words, they could hold it, but they probably couldn't control it. You know, Uh, In fact, in in the comics... Uh, the, the 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 hammer that looks like Stormbreaker in the movie, which is a different hammer in the comics, the, when another Asgardian holds it, it goes to his brain so much that he becomes the War Thor, and he just starts attacking people at random. Um, and people that deserve it, don't get me wrong, but like, still, it's it's a thing. So it's not the same as Mjolnir. Okay, but I'm just asking because they really push the whole relationship. You know, with with the hammers and all that other stuff. I love that. I think it's you cool. know, which is amazing. It was fucking funny, but it kind of makes you think, like, okay, where does where does this come from? Where did this show up from? Like, where are the powers getting derived from? But anyways, um, I really liked it. I'll say, yeah. So let's talk about. We get to the end. Mm-hmm. We have that whole scene where we talk about we're divided, right? You know, Kevin's like, eh, the power of love, and, then and the so ending. let's talk about the ending. What do you guys think of the way it ended, like the way we left Thor at the end of that movie? He's got a little girl now. Who the hell is she? Okay, so that's the thing I was going to say. Every every reviewer I've been seeing has been saying the same thing, which is she's a brand new character. I don't know who she is. I had my own theories. Like I've seen some people say, well, maybe she's Cubic, which is a living cosmic cube that became a little girl. Um, I thought for a minute she reminded me of this really obscure character called Kelly Kulig. Uh, who was in the the Genus Vell Captain Marvel series in the early 2000s, who also had a starry face and could control reality. But I just saw a TikToker who goes by the name of The Typhoid Mary, and I think her theory is correct. Uh, her theory is that Love, the little girl that, that Thor adopted, is a new character that's only shown up in the past five, six years 
uh, who is called, uh, well, I guess 10 years now, uh, who is called the Singularity. That's her name. She's a Singularity. She doesn't have a, a real name. She doesn't even have a face. She's just a star field of a little girl. And she looks like maybe she's like 14, 15 years old, but mentally she's like one or two years old. And she is just called the Singularity because there's only one of her in the entire multiverse. And since we see a little star girl, Isn't that the same with America is kind of like that, or what? Yeah, exactly. So America is is the one who can go from one universe to the other. This girl it's exists. Dream and, and all that. Yeah. So I hadn't thought of that too. But if this girl is Singularity, then putting her and America in the same movie might be pretty interesting. Okay. So and when they say Singularity, they're obviously referencing black holes because Eternity is like yes, yes, and, yes, and no. She's a Singularity. Not just because she could be a black hole in the, in the literal scientific physical sense, mm -hmm. but because she is a singular being in the multiverse. She is unique in the multiverse. She is the well, only the, one the, of herself. How is that unique of America's also that type of? No, no, no. I'm not saying she's the only one who's unique in the multiverse. I'm saying she's the only one of her in the multiverse. So multiple, there can be multiple people or multiple beings that are one. Yeah. With yeah. It's like they refer to Scarlet Witch as being a nexus in the multiverse. She's not the only nexus in the multiverse. Uh -huh. Yeah. Man-Thing also is a nexus in the Well, Man-Thing protects the nexus, but whatever. My point is that they're not, they're not unique in the sense that nobody else can be that, but they're unique in the sense that no matter which multiple reality you go to, they're the only one that is. So that's an interesting idea. If she is singularity, this girl has only had 20 appearances since she first appeared, 25 appearances. That'd be a neat one. That's what I think, uh, like I said, this, this TikToker, the Typhoid Mary is what she goes by. Um, cool. I, I like it. I like that theory. I think it was good. So talk about we have the ending. We have Thor raising love, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like they're going to run off together and, you know, have adventures. Thor will return, right? That's what it says at the end. And I'm curious because I don't know theories, right? Is he when he asks for Molnir, where's Molnir? You know, he has it, in and there. she has it. No, he has she's it. like, yeah, you know, she so, has but she, she has it. She no, the, grabs no, the, it. No, the, no, the little girl has she grabs it, yeah, but the little girl has Stormbreaker, he keeps yeah, but she Storm. has it, yeah, she has it. But where, where is it? I mean, it's not like he left it somewhere, she's moved it, she's picked what? it up. What are we talking about? Well, she's worthy of picking love, up. she's worthy of oh, of, of oh, Molnir. you're saying that she was able to lift it, yeah, it seems like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems like it. She's able to use it. And so it's interchangeable. She's worthy as well. I, so I'm I, curious I if, if that's going to be where we go with this. Obviously, it's interchangeable. She's going to kind of just run in his footsteps. Is, and, there, is there anything regarding Hemsworth not like not wanting to play so Thor any longer? He, yeah, that's the big question for me. Yeah. Because apparently Taika Waititi, when he saw the movie and he saw the thing at the end that said Thor will return, he turned to somebody and said, that's news to me. Uh, you know, so, but here's the thing. It doesn't say Thor five is going to happen. It says Thor will return. Uh, it doesn't even say which Thor, because technically this movie had mm -hmm. two Thors and a half. If you count the little girl carrying the hammer, you know, yeah. so could be a different Thor that returns. Could be Hemsworth. I'm betting Hemsworth comes back. He seems like he's having too much fun to quit, but like, don't know. Maybe it'll be in a sequel. Here's what my friend asked. My friend says, he's not gonna my, my friend says, look, Thor has a little girl. She says, Tony Stark had a daughter. Ant-Man has a kid. We have a young Hawkeye. We have Scarlet Witch having her two kids that are currently non-existent, but we know they'll come back eventually. All right. So are they just going to do Young Avengers? And I'm like, maybe, you know? Kid, uh, you have I, Kid Loki. Kid Loki as well. I don't think they'll bring Kid Loki in the story. I think that's too much. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that in, in theories. I don't think Kid Loki. I, it, to me, as a producer, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, 
either either bring Loki back or do something different with that one. I I wouldn't do Kid Loki at least not anytime soon. But my point is, so we have the after we have the after scenes right too. Like I want to talk about that uh, because we're gonna gonna get lost. We have Hercules. So Zeus survives the attack. We yeah, have Hercules. So Hercules is gonna be where we they're gonna they're gonna have some some fight. I'm assuming down the line, and that's why we're gonna have Chris when Chris uh, Hemsworth coming back. So you know, think quick, about it. He's gonna get Hercules, revenge. If anybody in the audience wants to go read up on Hercules, here's what you have to understand: uh, he's been around in Marvel Comics since the '60s, and for most of that time, he was boring. For most of that time, he was just second fiddle to Thor. That's all he was. He was a challenge, but not much. Whatever. We're not gonna deal with him. But uh, in the 2000s, the the Greg Pak, the guy that created Planet Hulk storyline, turned Hercules into an amazing, sarcastic badass. A guy who is fully aware that he doesn't fit in the modern universe and is cool with it, and he thinks it's the joke, and he's in on it, and he's just a great character. So he's basically as powerful as Thor, minus the lightning, uh, but like he's just a cool dude. And and also, by the way, Thor, sorry, Hercules is canonically bisexual. Uh, he's currently uh, dating uh, one of the Marvel boys, so go with it. Um, cool. You know, uh, he's also dated Cersei in the past, uh, and other other like, you know. He, he and She-Hulk did some stuff together, so yeah, go with it. There right, you um, go. Oh, then also, we have the sec he was married to uh, Wolverine in one reality. That's an interesting reality. You know, never know what 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 happens there. That couple, power couple, literally, Definitely, literally a power couple. Yeah, and so we have the second scene, which is Jane after she passed away, right, waking uh, yeah. up in Valhalla. Valhalla. Yep. I was we... going to see that. I God damn it! What's I up? Knew, I knew I should have stayed. <laughs> you didn't stay? It's no, a Marvel movie. You should know by now. The, after the Hercules one, then the baby started getting up and uh, we started kind of picking up. Yeah, take care of that. That's no problem. Here's what happens. So, what happens? Here's what happens. Jane, now looking healthy, not super muscular, but definitely healthy, mm -hmm. walks up and she's wearing like a flowing gown or something. And she's looking around. And then a voice says, Welcome, Jane, to Valhalla. And we see um, that. Idris Alba. Yep, Idris Elba, um, and and he's welcoming her, and it's like, this is cool, but I have a concern. My concern is, how many Marvel Universe deaths have actually stayed dead? Like all I can think of so far is Yandu. Yeah, I mean, I mean, bad guys die all the time, but like, good guys, nobody's really stayed. I mean, I, technically Tony Stark stayed dead, but he's only been dead a few movies so far, so. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Never know, man. Phase four. Phase four. So, but I mean, yeah. I look at this this ending as, like you said, there's more to it. Yeah. Because the, remember, King Valkyrie kept saying, like, oh, remember when Gore brought it up? You're, you watched your, your, your sisters they die. And they mentioned Valhalla so many times in this movie. So many times. I knew it was going to be a post credit scene because they mentioned it so much. Hey, so when um, Jane dies, she mm -hmm. does she die from battle or does she die from the cancer? Yeah, that was a bit confusing to me. I remember that scene yeah. where it's like, whoa, your hand is in Valhalla, but not you. I like, agree. <laughs> I don't think it's very consistent. So then because um, technically she died in battle because her cancer would not have activated if the battle hadn't happened. But at the same time, you could argue the same thing for Sif bleeding out from her arm being gone. So Yeah. I so to me that uh, was weird. Like I, there's a couple other inconsistencies in the movie. Like uh, for example, Meek is referred to as a she in this movie and was a he in the past movie, which that's fine. Maybe that's a thing. No big deal. But they also have. I, I'm trying to remember. I think Korg mentions his mom in the previous movie, and in this movie, I vaguely remember. Yeah, and in this movie, 
Cronins don't have moms. So, yeah, you know, not, I think, not, I think not, we got to get just good too. Yeah. No, I mean it has its ups and downs. There's always going to be inconsistencies. There's always going to find some loose thread, right? That's the point. And so we get to the end here. We have this whole movie in front of us that we've enjoyed for two hours and some change. And so we developed. We're trying to develop our. What would you call this, Kevin? Would you call this a rubric? Would you call this a scale? It's a rubric, but that's kind of a boring thing. Let's just call it a power rating of movies. What power makes rating. what makes a movie a true part of the primo? pack you know what makes it part primo of packed trademark uh <laughs> under these categories we have storytelling mm -hmm. the craft the feels the potential and then we also put the the trends obviously this is trending like crazy it's the newest thing out right now for well, you know what i'm gonna actually argue on that one so i don't know if you want to go out of order you want to go to order start with storytelling let's start with storytelling what do you got so storytelling um that's what I was saying earlier, that it's not as strong as some of the other Marvel movies. We, we're doing this as like a one to one to five. Rating. One to five. One to five. So one to five rating. I, I personally would say it's not the weakest. It's not Eternals. You know, it's also not boring. Like I find the Incredible Hulk boring. Um, it's not the best. I'd give it like a three, maybe a four. Uh, it's not bad. I still enjoy it. I still love it. But like storytelling wise, not super strong. I'd include in that the comedy a little bit. No, I mean, it's more feels. Uh, how about you? What? Dad, dang it! I'm gonna call you Ampersand. Oh, I can't say your name for a second. <laughs> Ampersand. Uh, what? Uh, what do you think of the storytelling in this movie, man? Like I, I just keep reliving it through my daughter's eyes. That's so fair. I'm, I'm. Should I want to give it a seven? But um, also, out of five, <laughs> seven out of five. I'm gonna give it a seven out of five. No. Um, but yeah, like I said, just kind of live watching it through my daughter's eyes. There were some parts that were felt a little bit corny, and I'm like, ah, but I'll, I'll I'll stick with the five. By the way, I love that you're watching a movie about the gods with your daughter, and your daughter's named after a god. Yeah, Yes. And you know what's weird? Like she's like la luna, la luna. She's always like pointing at the luna. Yeah, she's connected. Goddess of the moon. Goddess of, of there the you go. Ring. Well, for me, storytelling, I would say that it's actually pretty strong. I don't like how it was rushed. Like I said, I do have issues mm. with that. Yeah, uh, but I, but yeah. I do enjoy the fact that we got everything we need in a in a summer blockbuster popcorn mm. movie. We got comedy. It explained things for the new watchers. It reminded a lot of people. It's been ten years. Here's some information. Maybe you don't remember about Thor. And here's Jane again. So I like that part of it. The summary of it. I enjoy the storytelling to a point. I do feel it was rushed a little bit. They try to do three movies in one, in my opinion. I give it a four. Four? All right. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Ampersand, what number? What do you think? For what? For Out of five, storytelling. One, one through five. I, you I said say it five. five. I say it so five. you say all the way to five. All right. Yeah. So, split the difference. Comes out to a four, I guess. All right. Yeah, we have a four. All right. So, uh, The Craft. To me, this movie excelled. It did exactly what it needed to do. It was... Uh, they, they, they had comedy down. They had uh, the special effects down. They had the acting down, especially Christian Bale, who was acting like he was in a different movie, but he was still good at <laughs> <Yeah>. it. Um, <laughs> even the kids were good, especially Axel. We haven't talked about him at all. Axel was really good. You know? he changed his name. What was it? Like yeah, he changed his name. Yeah, yeah. it was Astrid. Astrid. I thought Astrid yeah. was a girl's name, but I don't know old Norse names, so what do I know? Um, but either way, um, Axel, yeah, he was cool. Yeah, I think they did really good on the craft. I think as far as that's what makes Marvel movies good, I, I would I would give it a five there. Me, I think that the craft goes for me uh, aesthetically pleasing. 
the sound design, even though I have my qualms with the three songs, they need to yeah, branch okay. out a little more. Add more music. But I do like the colors. I like the shots. The CG was great. It, it didn't come off as cheap looking or you can kind of see, obviously, like I had some qualms with uh, Multiverse of Madness. Sometimes some of the mm -hmm. CG was a little off, in my opinion, to the caliber of a Marvel movie. Uh, but I do enjoy the the shots, the pace. I mean, it was my qualm. I'm going to give the craft on this one. I'm going to give it a, a three. That's fair. Overall. Did you go back? Um, I have no fucking idea, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, what do you think? Special effects, acting, um, you know, the music. How do you think they did? Like, you, uh, music was very nostalgic, but like you said, they kept repeating the same one. Yeah, they did. Which, 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 at the very end, when they started like playing all these, uh, like the, doing the credits, and it's like in, in fonts of all these like heavy metal bands and like Def Leppard and all these other stuff, it's like, well, why don't, why don't you play some of that? You know, like, <laughs> and um, and not only that, I mean, you're already thinking big budgets, so I'm gonna be a little bit more critical on it and say a three. Um, yeah, fair enough. I don't know, just so um, you know, two threes and a five. I think it's more of a, three. a high bar in that respect, you know, like it feels like right. I feel like that's a that's a, that sounds like a three, three. to me. By okay. the way, I want to say something real quick since you mentioned the heavy metal thing, a little minor detail. Early in the movie, we see Axel's room and he's got posters of like real world bands, but one of the bands is called the Mad Titan. And I just love the idea that the equivalent that of knows. like yeah, but the equivalent of like a heavy metal band in our world calling themselves like Satan's followers or something is somebody in their world going mad Titan, you know? It's like it's true. It's the same deal for them. All right. Uh the feels, the emotions. I I think that was kind of all over the place. That the comedy was really good. The mm -hmm. sad parts were sad, but I don't think they ever had a chance to really land. So I would I would put that a little bit lower. I I'd, I'd actually go two for me on that one. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it real felt sad enough. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It didn't land where it needed to be. I think when it comes to feels, I fall in that category of two to a three. Mm -hmm. I think that there was an attempt at and, some kind of let's make somebody get a, a cry. Let's make somebody yeah. cry here. And, and, and I count I count comedy in feels, and they were successful at that. The comedy. It was yeah. too much. It was too much yeah. of a back and forth between. You didn't know yeah. if they wanted to laugh or cry, and mm -hmm. it is that issue. But I think it is still well done. Where it, the jokes that landed landed. The I, I will say I did laugh out loud more at this movie than I have at a lot of Marvel movies. Not that I don't laugh normally, but I laughed out loud several times. I just I laughed a lot. It, it wasn't balanced. But I, I think there was more of a comedy than the tragedy. Mm -hmm. And the tragedy was trying so hard that it got in the way of what this was. It was a rom-com with a little bit of darkness to it. And to so me, I'm going to give biggest, it a... Go give it a what? I'm going to give it a three. Did you come in? No, I mean, I pretty much agree with what you were saying. Um, funny overall. And the, I, the... Okay, put it this way. The, the one that pulled my heartstrings was at the very end. Yeah, I can see that. Fail. Like that's what kind of like, and it's yeah. again. I'm there with my daughter, and you know, and it's like, oh, they should get close to me or whatever. Um, so that kind of made f up for it. But yeah, the whole I didn't feel like there was anything. Like I didn't feel like there was something ultimately in, an ultimate evil for some reason. I don't yeah. know. What I mean. yeah. Like uh, Hel yeah. Hel Hel Helena and that and Ragnarok. Hela, yeah, yeah, Hela. It's like you do feel like the okay. This is a like. This evil 
person. It's, it's gonna... weird that she was not going to back down, but Gore, whose entire life was defined by this, did. Uh, yeah, I also, I also think Gore's very first scene kind of sums up the movie for me in that he did a beautiful job getting the emotion across, and the God was funny. But those two things should not have happened at the same time. Because yeah, you have um Gore, and there's a backstory to why he is the way he is. But then you got Hella, like she's just. Evil. Yeah, she, she's just so evil. She's just born evil. Yeah, so believe that she's evil. In this case, like it, 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 I didn't get that until the very, and then at the very end, she, he kind of redeemed himself, I guess. So I'll yeah. just, I don't know, I'll just do a three on that too. It this didn't really. So we're all sitting roughly at a three, and it's just yeah. like yeah, three. I think it's fair. Now, potential, I would go higher because obviously it's part of the Marvel universe. We know it's going to continue, but more specifically. Yeah. I do think the fact that we introduce a new element, like I, like I said, I like this TikToker's theory on, on who the little girl is, but beyond that, everybody else is like, I don't know what to take from this. Thor has never adopted a little girl in the comics. This is a brand new thing. And we do know that whatever the plan is going forward, the next generation of kids are going to be part of the Marvel Universe. So I think it's got crap loads of potential. The only thing that hurts it in potential for me, is this is a weird kind of reverse kind of thing, is the Guardians of the Galaxy. The fact that it it was led into from Endgame saying it, these guys are going to be working together, and then we don't really see them working together. What I feel like it's you're telling me that the potential doesn't matter. You're saying that like we have this potential promise, but we're not necessarily going to fulfill it. You know, that's the only thing. So I'd, I'd give it a four instead of a five for just that reason. The idea of a brand new character that's never been in comics before, or maybe is this very obscure character, that's a five. But then because you just showed me in the same movie that you're not going to fulfill your promises, four. Chikume, what about you? I mean, on potential wise, it feels like I want to say like, are, are we are we the audience anymore? Like moving forward? Like, Do you mean like our generation? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously we're gonna watch them, but then are they really kind of more trying to push, like you said, new audiences and all that? So then it's like, okay, well, some of the stuff that I may not like is not for me anymore, and the potential, I, I don't even see it. I'm gonna move on to something more like. The boys, you know, like. But, but the question is not necessarily is it a, a future for you to see? Yeah, we're talking about your personal reality, right? So, um, so yeah, for me, it's kind of like it's probably not gonna be for me in a couple of years, you know, like it's getting too. And now I'm like I said, I want to watch the boys more. <laughs> like, if anything, I'm watching it for. I'm not saying I'm not having fun watching it, but it's like. I, I know it's a safe. I know it's safe content to go watch with the kids. Or do you know? think you're gonna outgrow the MCU? Mm. I mean, so it could fun. happen. But my thing is, like, <laughs> on what you said, I could see myself rewatching this movie over and over again. Whereas I couldn't do that with Eternals. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, I, I would probably rewatch this movie more than Multiverse of Madness, and I enjoyed that movie. So, what do you got, Chukuma? What's your what's your score on? Potential. potential keep, yeah, I'll say a four just because I feel like eventually I'm gonna <laughs> not be part of they're like not it's not for me anymore. I think that personally there's a lot of potential here. Like you said, new characters, new opportunities. We have a lot of loose ends. Uh, King Valkyrie for one. We we love her and yeah. I would love to see what they do. Uh with new just new new opportunities, new 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 adventures with Thor and love. Uh, you know, growing up alongside them, or what if they do join up with the Guardians because they have a spaceship? Yeah, you know, yeah, that, what if they that's do true. click up? They, they distinctly showed a spaceship. Not, I, I would have expected to see another Asgardian boat, 
Maybe yep. that's a, maybe that's a are hint. They, that are they going to do? Uh, they've yet to do anything like small on the small side for Guardians, right? Is that something that they were ever doing? What do you like, mean on Disney Plus? Yeah, like yeah, that's coming. We're going to get two two Guardians things are going to come to Disney Plus in the next two years. Mm-hmm. We're going to so give it a, I'm going to give that a, a five in my opinion. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So two fours and a five. So so we we'll average that four. out to four. Well, yeah, I don't think we're gonna unless we're gonna do the, the it's like a four point three man. So let's just bring it four. We'll just do four. Yeah, yeah. And um, last thing is trends. trends. So now you said at the beginning that you said that it's a Marvel movie, so it has to be at the top of trends. I'm gonna disagree. And my proof of that is Spider-Man. That is a five. That last Spider-Man movie, before it came out, when it came out, after it came out, nobody could stop talking about it on the internet. Right? I don't think it's anywhere near that high. I think it's still higher than any DC movie, you know. But like, well, yeah, it's higher than the, the the Suicide Squad, which was great. You know, it's still higher than that in terms of people talking about it. I guess what's your guesstimate then on the trends on this one? So, so and we'll, we'll, we're going to give I, it some time. I would give it, I would give it a three or four because I feel like, um, I feel like people are definitely talking about it. I mean, it's a Marvel movie. They're not, but they're also talking about it as in a bad way. So there's that, which I don't know. I, we haven't we haven't mentioned it in our discussion, but I think a lot of the people that were giving it negative reviews might be prejudiced against it because. They felt it was too gay, and I've even heard some people saying it wasn't gay enough. Right. So I feel like it was hard to to, to like meet both audiences. But mm-hmm. like, it's not getting the buzz that say Spider Man got, or that gotcha. or that Black Panther would get. You know, so I think it's gonna sit pretty high personally until next thing comes around. I'm gonna say it's gonna start at four. How about you, Chico? So, but uh, when you say trends, are we talking about like memeable and a, a very memeable? Yeah, movie? like like you know memeable. I mean? Are people talking about it? Right, let me phrase that. There, every single time a Marvel movie comes out, people are going to put out videos about it. But mm-hmm. the question is, are they doing it more for this movie than for the average? Like, is this like? I just watched it. I don't see a lot of stuff online about it in terms yeah. of you know people. That, that, that's why I said three four. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say I'll go I'll go with three four as well. I want to say that because I haven't really seen it explode. Because well, well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm laughing because we got to pick one. So if I got to pick one, I would say three. Okay, I'll say four. <laughs> but because uh, like you said, two threes and a four. Is it, yeah, I I was okay. going back to to Spider Man. Like anything, Tom Holland is like there. You know anything? What's your what's okay? The, I get it. Oh, we'll so see Freddy, where we end up with this. Freddie, what's our final tally? All right. So storytelling, we got a four. All right. So craft good, but not the best it could be. Craft, we have a three. Not average. And feels, we have three. Not average. Potential four above average. Yep, definitely. And trending, we kind of set at a three, mediocre at best. Well, which which again, I mean. It, 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 Trends you kind of have to compare it to other movies, and I feel like comparing it to other Marvel movies that's that's fair. Well, you need it, and so what is this movie overall? What's the final tally here, guys? What's the number that we're putting on this? This is, looks like a solid four to me, yeah. To me, it'd be a solid four as well. I like it overall, I agree. Which, which, uh, make, well, hold up before I say that. There's a there's a thing I, I I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys before but I used to review like DVDs and video game stuff for other websites, and and talking to other reviewers, a lot of people hate putting numbers on stuff because then it's like, well look at the Olympics. How many times in the Olympics do you see nine point three, nine point five, nine point two? But you rarely see anybody put like two or three. And if anybody yeah. goes below nine, you're like, oh my gosh, why'd you go below nine? And for a long time, video game reviews were the same way. So if if 
if five is the cap and we give every movie a four, it doesn't make it very special. I do think this one kind of earns that four, but it barely earns that four. So I just want to throw that out. I can agree to that. I think that we, if we add up everything and really be as scrutinizing as possible, it could probably sit at a three. So it's like mm -hmm. barely squeaking by a four because that- yeah. um, Still good. Still good, but it's squeaked by. Well, guys, uh, this is our first run at this. Let us know what you think. We'll have plenty more to talk about down the line. Uh, I want to thank, of course, Kevin and Chikume for doing what they do. Monier joining us on that screen there. But Primos, remember, you guys can join us at My Primos Podcast. Let us know what you think about this. We'll have plenty more to talk about, I'm sure. You guys enjoy. Have a great night. Adios. Bye.